0: So Matt, while I was doing research for this episode, I just happened to stop by conjunctivitis dot com. Man, that's a site for sore eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that one coming. Boom. Okay. Good. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable, because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, Matt, how you doing tonight, brother?
1: Uh, My back hurts.
0: Yeah, I know the feeling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. I'm not kidding.
0: Yeah, well, sitting here for over an hour is not going to help, so good luck. In the comfy chair. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you hear whimpering, it's because Matt's over there in the fetal position in the floor from back pain. Yeah, so, I'm not going to be able to walk yeah. when
1: I leave out of here.
0: Been there, done that. I know it. <laughs> herniated L4 vertebrae on this side of the table. I get you. Um, so we wanted to start off by thanking this week's sponsor hello fresh check them out we'll talk about them a little bit more later on in the episode but great company we love them um also while you're listening to this i'm gonna be in california ashley and myself and michael are going to visit cali so i'm not staying don't worry about it i have no <laughs> desire to stay in california none whatsoever no i'm I, have wanted to check it out for a while, so we're getting to go check it out, but I'm I'll be leaving pretty soon. Yeah,
1: and you know, all of our listeners in California, we love you guys. Oh yeah. We we love you guys out on the left coast. Oh yeah. We we, we have no problem with that. I just I don't know that California is set up for me, country boys like yeah, us. No.
0: <laughs> Not no.
1: Southern California at no. least.
0: <laughs> where where we're going, uh where we will be when you're listening to this, um it, it's it's not a play y'all wouldn't accept me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, now, I, wait a
1: minute. I think if you went to LA, they, they pretty much accept everybody.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> they they might be accepting of me, but um but we wanted to thank uh Nicholas McGurr for sending us some of his books. He's an author who listens to the show and everything and he sent us some of his books and you know, we think you guys might like some of his stuff, so go check it out. It it's fiction along the lines of what we discuss every week here so we think you might like that um also next week is a dark week so don't look for a new episode from us next week but we'll be back the week after that with a new episode so matt that's all i've got what are we talking about tonight brother
1: okay tonight we're talking about hellhounds
0: dum-dum-dum black
1: dogs harbingers of death yes that's that's what we're talking about tonight
0: and in we've had this on our episode topics list for a while yeah um we think it's a interesting topic so why don't we get into it
1: yeah it's not something you hear a lot of people talk about
0: no it's not No,
1: i mean it's it comes up in a lot of fiction Mm -hmm. it comes up in a lot of movies um so I mean I think it's it's interesting the idea of it but we're going to we're going to kind of dig into where the um where the idea of the hellhound being the uh like I said at the top of the show the harbinger of of death or the um you know like a bad omen.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it is it it's known as a bad omen in most places if you see it. Yeah. Um, there's been some misinterpretations in pop culture about what a black dog or a hellhound is. Um, so we'll talk about a little bit about that and some legends and stuff. So,
1: yeah. So if your neighbor has a black lab that likes to come and like lick on you and jump up on you and love on you. He's, don't worry, it's not a hellhound.
0: Unless its name is Cerberus. <laughs> if its name is Cerberus, you might want to look out.
1: Yeah. If, yeah, if it's a, it's a, it's a Doberman... A, Doberman... A, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't talk.
0: Hey, we meant what you knew. If it's, it's a right. <laughs> If it's a Doberman named Cerberus... Yeah. Then you might want to watch With out. With multiple heads. Okay, so... As we alluded to, a hellhound is a supernatural dog in folklore from centuries, and a wide variety of ominous or hellish supernatural dogs occur in mythologies from all around the world. All different cultures and, and regions and everything have their own version of a hellhound. They are phantom canines and they are considerably larger than a normal dog so the the black lab that matt was talking about you know that that's going to be quite a bit smaller than a hellhound um because on the small side a hell a small hellhound is roughly the size of a mastiff is what they say that's which a small is, one uh, yeah that's and a puppy a mastiff is a big old dog Um, and they say a large one can dwarf horses and bears. So that's a big old dog that that's bigger than any dog I've ever seen.
1: That's just a giant dog.
0: Yeah. Um, it has the, the features that a hellhound has is black fur glowing red or yellow eyes. It's super strong, super fast. And a lot of times it exhibits ghostly or phantom characteristics. So it can, you know, appear and disappear at will. Um, it has a foul odor odor, and sometimes even the ability to talk, depending on the legend or the myth that you're hearing.
1: All right. So if your neighbor's black lab talks to you, yep. it might be a hell. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> We're starting a new Jeff Foxworthy bit.
1: If it starts telling you to hurt people, then just run. Then it is a hellhound.
0: <laughs> um it's known as the the bearer of death in a lot of different legends. Um hellhounds have been said to be as black as coal and smell of burning brimstone. Now they tend to leave behind a burned area wherever they go. So they're they're feet are supposedly as hot as fire, and they will burn patches where they stand or where they walk. So you'll kind of, that's how you can track them. If you want to track a hellhound, you look for the burned footprints.
1: Well, you know, my dogs do something similar. The bulldogs will burn your eyes, nose, and throat.
0: It's coming from a different area. It's coming
1: from a different area,
0: Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's... it, it, it's painful nonetheless. I've got a hound. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two hounds. I know. Now, certain European legends state that if someone stares into a hellhound's eyes three times or more, that person is sure to die. Now, in cultures that associate the afterlife with fire, hellhounds may have fire-based abilities or appearances. So if a culture bases the afterlife with fire, like we would associate hell as being a fiery place, then a hellhound in that culture is going to take on, you know, have flames attributed to it or the burning paw prints or something like that. Now, seeing a hellhound or hearing one howl, like Matt alluded to earlier, is an omen or even a cause of death in a lot of these uh, mythologies. So let's talk about the personality of a hellhound. Now, this is according to mythology.net. They said, despite their ferocious appearance, a lot of people say most hellhounds are more mysterious than hostile. They rarely attack humans unless they are provoked. In fact, even if you wanted to fight one of these monsters, it would probably run away or disappear into the mist or shadows before you had time to launch an attack. That's according to some, you know, Right. <laughs> that that's not uh,
1: who's going to test this theory.
0: Right. Exactly. I'm not. <laughs> Step if I see, one. If I see a hellhound, hell I'm leaving. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care.
1: I'm not going to wait around long enough to look at it in the eyes three
0: times either. Right. It's just going to take once. Right. I'm gone at that yeah. point. And, you know, I'm a dog you're lover, gonna, but
1: you're going to hear this. The Scooby-Doo noise that yep. and then I'm out. <laughs>
0: Now, in some stories, hellhounds are supposedly valiant and devoted guardians of an area. They might be assigned to guard a treasure or a or a sacred ground somewhere, in which case they will spend an eternity looking over that area and making sure nobody trespasses or disturbs it or whatever. Now, the beast will only attack you in that sense if it's provoked, but they say, quote, if you put one toe too close to their treasure, it might be the last move you ever make. Now, those are guardian hellhounds. They do have freer cousins, I guess, free range hellhounds. Free, free range hellhounds. Yeah. Why not? Um, so you've got the free range hellhounds and you've got the guardian hellhounds. The, but The stray hellhounds that right. they pick
1: up at the... Uh, Hell animal control.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, but the guardian hellhound supposedly will never back down or run away from a fight. So the free range ones will run and not really fight you. But if there's one set to guard an area and you approach it, it will kill you. Um, they say in other rare cases, hellhounds have been seen escorting women through the night or escorting souls on their way to the afterlife to protect them from other monsters that could be lurking. Now, these accounts seem to show that the canines are soft-hearted and benevolent. But again, this is according to some. I mean, you know, with a name like Hellhounds and some of the legends that we've run across, this Mm -hmm. isn't the case for all. This is just according to some. Now, there's other rare cases that have been documented of the hounds attacking churches, and other religious gatherings. so And we're going to talk about that. Exactly. So that's where we say, yeah, it kind of differs from this benevolent, nice hellhound thing. But as we said, there are hellhounds from different cultures around the world. So why don't we get into talking about a little bit of those because Depending on the area you're in, it will determine kind of what your mythology is of the hellhound. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Greek mythology. Now, according to ancient Greek mythology, Hades, or the god of the underworld, kept a monstrous hellhound named Cerberus at the mouth of the underworld to prevent the dead souls from escaping back into the world above. Now, Cerberus had three heads and had ferocious jaws and eyes, and had the tail of a snake. Now, at one point in history, he was captured by Heracles and removed from the underworld, which caused him a lot of distress, possibly because he was anxious about abandoning his post as a guardian, and possibly because he was because he was not used to sunlight living in Hades. So he ended up vomiting poison and howled with grief. He was eventually returned to his home. So we mentioned Cerberus earlier. That's kind of the shortened version of the Cerberus mythology. Um, He was the one that guarded the underworld. Now, in Eastern folklore, in China, there's a huge black demon dog named Changao. And this is blamed for eclipses by eating the sun or the moon. In Japan, there's a wolf-like demon called Okuri Inu, and he is said to follow men and women who travel by night. If the traveler has a worthy heart, the Okuri Inu will protect him from other monsters. If, however, the traveler displays cowardice or clumsiness, so tripping or falling, the hound will devour him.
1: Yeah, and I've actually found stories of people that thought They had been protected by a hellhound. You know, they were alone at night, and we're going to talk about one of these, where a hellhound was perceived, let's say, but so was something else, you know, something far worse. But we'll save that for later.
0: Right. And... You know, that, that's where the benevolence of a hellhound comes into play is that, you know, it's not always bad, but it's got a mean streak. So you shouldn't push it. That's right. Um, Don't want to don't want to play tug of war with one. Yeah. Don't poke the hellhound, I think is the <laughs> saying. So English folklore has a ton of different versions of hellhounds. Oh, yeah. Black dogs, hellhounds everywhere. And and we're going to talk about a few of those. Um, but they have more hellhounds and black dog sightings than any other country. And it's from, you know, coastal towns with a lot of people all the way to towns that barely have any people. And if, if you think about Sherlock Holmes, hmm, I mean, there's a Sherlock Holmes story about one, the Hound of Baskerville. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, I think that may have been one of my first introductions into what a hellhound was, is reading that as a kid and been kind of fascinated by it ever since. But uh, the bargas belongs to the Yorkshire area in northern England. Now, apparently he is a talented shapeshifter, frequently appearing as a headless woman or a white cat or rabbit, as well as the traditional black dog. Now he is also less shy than other hellhounds, and he is quite comfortable. Apparently, running through the town square there in Yorkshire. So, if you're in Yorkshire, let us know if you've seen the barguest. And I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Maybe he
1: looks like a Yorkie. Hey,
0: maybe so. But
1: can you imagine? He's got a little bow in his hair.
0: No, (laughs) no, I can't. (laughs) Keeping it, keeping it up out of his eyes. You know, A, a a little prissy uh-huh whiny yeah. little dog hellhound you've got a demon carrying him around in his purse yeah. you know and he's if, poking his head at if him. any <laughs> miniature dog was going to be a hellhound it would be a men pin those are the yappiest craziest dang dogs that i've ever come across yeah miniature pinchers
1: pomeranians are that way too
0: yeah but they they tend to be still a little more laid back than those men pens. i think there's something mentally wrong with men pens.
1: we had a chihuahua that was
0: like that oh yeah chihuahuas are bad too (laughs) so we digress um always no always so there there's another one named the black shuck and he belongs to the coastal areas of norfolk essex and suffolk now he is distinguished by an unusual physical trait he has only one eye glowing in the center of his forehead now, generally, Black Shook is one of the gentlest hellhounds choosing to spend his time protecting women and young girls when they have to travel at night. But in the 16th century, he made an infamous attack on two churches, killing some people, causing the steeple to fall on the roof, which Matt will discuss here in a little bit and get a little more in depth into that. Now, there's another one that belongs to Wales, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, but the Kuna noon and way to go. man! That's thank awesome. you. Um, <laughs> now, unlike other hellhounds who generally travel alone, the Kuna noon travels with a collection of other supernatural characters called the wild hunt. Now, when they aren't joining in the sport of the wild hunt, they spend their time guiding lost souls to the other world. Which is a paradise that can be reached after death. So he is amongst a band of rascals and rapscallions <laughs> that rapscallion, rapscallions. Didn't you didn't think you'd hear that word in graveyard tales, did you? Well, he they they shepherd people to the underworld or the other world, um, like some other legends do, but. It's just weird that he has a a band of merrymakers with him rather than traveling alone. Now, the Yeth Hound belongs to Devon, and like some other, quote, bearers of death, this hound is headless. Now, he rarely interacts with humans, but you can hear his wailing cry at night, if you're traveling along the roads well how does he cry he doesn't have a head it comes out his neck man okay you pull the neck off (laughs) the voice box is still there if you take the head off high enough Oh, okay just saying (laughs) some of these legends get a little yeah it's anatomy man it's anatomy (laughs) go read your anatomy book jeez
2: um
0: so a lot of travelers will interpret that whale as an omen of death. Now, the black dog of booley belongs to England's Channel Islands. Now, it's apparently the fastest of all hellhounds, and it likes to terrify travelers by galloping in circles around them. Now, sometimes this beast can run so fast that it actually creates a storm. The hound is known to wear a broken chain draped around its body, but there's never been an explanation of why he has a chain. I guess he just thinks it's cool.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, don't you remember, you know, all the.
0: I had a wallet chain. All the, I know. and an,
1: an, Anamorphic Rottweilers that had the. wore the big chains around their neck. Oh, you know? yeah, that's
0: true. T shirts. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the big buff ones with the, the right. big chain. Yeah. You
1: know, look like they're a bouncer at a bar. Yeah. You know?
0: Right. <laughs> So apparently this is a bouncer at a pub there in England. (laughs) It's it's hell's bouncer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, let's move on to Scandinavian folklore. Now, in early Norse culture, the god Odin was said to be accompanied by one or two giant wolves who helped protect him from danger. Now, in one of the poems, Odin rides to hell, the Viking underworld, and encounters a hound there. Who may be guarding the entryway now it's believed that Odin's wolves or these hounds may have inspired many of England's stories about hellhounds so long after the Vikings had passed you know into history, Scandinavia continued to be haunted by church grims. Now these are spectral black dogs that guard the churches. Where they live protecting it from evil spirits who might try to invade the sacred ground so that's where we see the hellhounds that protect graveyards and cemeteries and churchyards right and you hear that a lot in mythology that if you're in a really old cemetery on church ground, you probably have a good chance of running into a hellhound,
1: yeah. And they they talk about grims in the Harry Potter books because there's one one of the books um, Harry keeps seeing you know a black dog you know and and one of his professors believes that he's seeing a grim and it's
2: did he
0: have for, a brother foretelling the brother's grim sorry, <laughs>
2: sorry. Uh, that's
0: the best I had sorry
2: yeah. <laughs> it's the best you've got. You can...
1: No, but I mean, that one of his professors is telling him that he he's seeing a grim and it's foretelling of doom for him.
0: Right. Right. You know. So same folklore. It's, it's pulling off of that folklore.
1: Right. And, you know, where do the Harry Potter books come from? You know, England again. So, you know, England is is the spot, right. you know, for a lot of these legends, even if they were they were drawing on folklore from you know the Vikings, mm-hmm. and, and and that makes sense. I mean, we see it all the time where modern folklore is just a progression of
2: right.
1: ancient folklore. You know, right. you see them just change over the over the centuries to what we know now.
0: Yeah, the oral tradition is passed down, and and. It's like that telephone game that you used to play in school where each retelling, it had a little bit of difference to it, mm-hmm. you know, but the basic premise stayed the same. And that that's kind of, you know, to build off of what Matt was saying, that's kind of why you get all these different legends that are so similar from these different little pockets of England. And England's not that big. And they've got a ton of these hellhounds, so we need to take a trip to England to see if we can run into one.
1: It's not that big, but it it's it's got it's a lot of been, history. It's been around a long time, yeah, you know I mean, you're right. the history is i mean it, it has been a part of world history for a very, very long time right I mean as far back as you can go you're you're going to start seeing you know Britain. Mm -hmm. popping up in history books so i don't even know where i was going with (laughs) it. it's old okay it's you know england is very old and i think that's why we hear a lot of these legends originate Mm -hmm. in and around england
0: absolutely um so the last folklore that we're going to touch on is the native american folklore now the indigenous people of mexico and central america have a lot of legends of the Cadejo, um, a spirit dog that is often seen by travelers, especially at night. The Cadejos come in two colors, white and black. Now, the white spirits are benevolent and will protect travelers from harm, but the black spirits are evil and will kill travelers if they have the chance. Both versions of this hound have goat hooves and sometimes horns. They also have a unique gift. They can speak with humans, but if you listen to them, you'll probably go insane. So I, I like those legends of the Cadejos because they're very unique. They, they have similar, similar aspects to other hellhound legends, but they've built upon it and created their own thing.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting how the stories are different, but they have a commonality all all around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way from the Far East you know,
0: to the U.S. So that makes you wonder, is it truly the spreading of a single idea that has stayed the same through all languages, cultures, and stuff, or is there legitimately... Or was there legitimately something like a hellhound that was seen many centuries ago that the legend still prevails to this day? And, you know, there are, I mean, we know there were things such as dire wolves. Right. Which were giant canines. So could it be building off of a dire wolf? You know, uh, mankind's memory of dire wolves. Or is it truly a spectral dog that is out there?
1: Yeah, and we're going to get into some stories that will, will make you think. Well, maybe maybe there was or is something that would be considered an actual hellhound mm-hmm. and not mistaken identity of another animal.
0: Right. Stories that make you go, "Hmm."
1: That's right. So, <laughs> so going. Going back to England, all the way back to 1577, we're going to talk about the Black Shook legend that Adam mentioned, touched on earlier. So, according to one particularly poetic account by Reverend Abraham Fleming, who was a very well known um, writer and orator, you know, of this time a snarling beast broke into a church, rampaged through the congregation, and bit the necks of two people who promptly dropped dead in 1577. Now, this church was St. Mary's Church in Bungay in Suffolk. Now, the dog became known as Black Shook. Now, he later that same day Cropped up on the country, on the county's coast at Blytheburg. Now, again, it targeted a church, bursting through the doors of Holy Trinity Trinity Church before killing a man and boy and causing the steeple to collapse. Now, the beast left scorch marks on the church door, and according to the legend, they are supposedly still visible today.
0: I've heard about that. Yeah, where you can go there and still see them.
1: So you can actually see the um, essentially the front page of Reverend Fleming's account of this event, and it's very difficult to read because it's you know 1577 English. Mm-hmm. So it it's kind of like reading. Uh, Reading Shakespeare, if you drip some water on the page and the words begin (laughs) to run, you're kinda like, What? You know, things are things are spelled different. I think I know
0: these words, but
1: (laughs) Am I reading English? Yeah. Yeah. But you are. It's just difficult. But this is this was the this is the account that everyone goes back to when we start discussing hellhounds.
0: Right. It's like that that pivotal moment where everybody remembers. Okay, Matt, so let's talk about this week's sponsor, HelloFresh. Now, with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you can get easy, seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. And HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality. And it doesn't matter what your comfort level is in the kitchen. You can be a pro or you can be a novice. They will help you out. And you can say goodbye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food because HelloFresh has you covered.
1: Break out of your dinner rut with our 17 seasonal chef-curated recipes each week. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers.
0: So, Ashley and Michael and I did the creamy dill chicken here recently, and that is amazing. I love dill, and... Uh, you, You put it in a creamy sauce on top of chicken with green beans and potatoes, and I'm sold. And Michael, being the picky eater that he is, he actually really liked this one, too. So this has become one of our favorite recipes that we've found from HelloFresh. And thankfully, they give you the little card so that we can do it again, too, even if they don't send it to us in one of the meals.
1: Yeah, those cards make it so easy. Oh, it's great. And Graveyard Tales listeners can get $80 off... Your first month of Hello Fresh, all you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash graveyard 80 and enter the code graveyard 80.
0: That's right. Go to HelloFresh.com slash graveyard 80 and enter the code graveyard 80. That's G R A V E Y A R D 80.
1: Now, staying in England, there is an area that is famous for black dog hellhound sightings, and that's Dartmoor. Yeah. Now, Dartmoor is the area uh, in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm-hmm. So, with its famous history, of course, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would use this area for this particular novel. Right. Um, if he's going to talk about a hellhound, You can't talk about hellhounds without talking about Dartmoor. Right. So this area has long told of these creatures that are not of this earth that roam the area. And because of the treacherous terrain and the unpredictable weather, the moors of the area can quickly be uh, covered in dense, heavy fog and oftentimes without any kind of warning which leads to a lot of accidents, a lot of lost hikers, and death. So farmers in this area, they still believe that hellhounds wander through, through the region, and they'll snatch away any animal or person that's unfortunate enough to be chosen as their prey. Now, in 2007, 2007 a group of schoolchildren took a photo of what they say could have been a hellhound. Now, in the picture, and you can go, this is the Dartmoor hellhound sighting. You can Google it and you can look at the picture. With the image, what you see is a large mangy beast that looks like an enormous oversized dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is this is funny because when I looked at this picture, this is exactly what I said. I just looked at the picture. And I said, uh, that's a buffalo or a bison.
0: Right. I mean, that's what it looks like. Got that body shape to it.
1: Yeah. So now the the kids and the chaperones with them all said that that the thing was massive and it terrified all of them as it passed by. Now, another picture shows what looks like a bison hanging out, (laughs) (laughs) which that's all good and well. I mean, oh, they saw a bison and they mistook it for a hellhound, but bison have never been seen in the UK before. I was
0: just about to ask that is when was the last bison in the UK?
1: So, so they're not there. Right. So, so unless somebody brought one in as a pet and it got loose, it, it wasn't a
0: bison. It's possible, but you'd think they'd know about the bison guy, right? you know, old Bill down the road keeps bison and listen
1: johnny cash had emus on Mm -hmm. his property yep and everybody knew it yeah but the police would routinely get calls going there's a dead gum ostrich standing out on the road (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's no it's one of johnny's emus that got loose yeah so um you know you're right everybody would know if there was a guy keeping a bison at his
2: house Mm -hmm.
1: you know and that wasn't happening Um, but it does look that way when you look at this picture, but if it's not that you're looking at it going, well, then what could it be? Right. I mean, this is a photo that's good enough for you to look at it and go, what the heck is that?
0: Well, and, and what you got to think about is the, that area, there's not large animals like that, that live in that area. Right. You know, there, there are some cattle, but. You know, there's not going to be giant wolves. There's not been wolves in England for a long time. So what is it?
1: Seems like I remember. What is it? Is it it the Wagyu that have the long hair that kind of, they're like cows, but they have like long yak hair. Mm -hmm. You know, yak. It's another thing it could be. There's no yaks. Right. You know, England doesn't have yaks.
0: (laughs) But um, unless it's. Jeff, the yak guy.
1: That's right. The other guy.
0: Yeah. Bill. Just
1: bringing these big hooved Bill animals. Bill the
0: bison guy and Jeff the yak guy.
1: And, and I don't if know. If you the, live in England. they swim? They, do they swim they do. over? I mean, England's an island, for crying out loud.
0: Uh, they just get a, a boat. I mean, they bring. out get on a boat. Jeff rents a boat and goes and picks That's up the next some yaks. Thing, you know, you're
1: going to see a, an Instagram account of, like, this bison, you know, traveling. Yeah. You know, he's on a boat. Here he is, the Eiffel Tower. He's going across the English Channel. You know, hey, I'm going to England.
0: (laughs) Bill the Bison Guys travels.
1: Now, the moors in Dartmoor are are uninhabitable and dangerous, and they haven't really been mapped or studied all that well, even in the modern day. So there could be all sorts of creatures living out there that would be a huge surprise to the majority of us. You know, but the the nature of moors it, it would really uh, i would think it would lend itself to a specific type of animal living there probably I mean, smaller too not, not just any animal is right. going to live there you know so not
0: something as big as a bison either really
1: yeah i mean no i don't think a bison would would live there i don't think a, a yak or a buffalo or you know but a a big huge hellhound may appear there yep and according to this it possibly it did. Yeah. yeah. So now, th- this next story I'm going to talk about was taken from the website ghosttheory.com and it was submitted by Scott McMahon. Now, Scott submitted the story, he did not write the story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a story about a seven year old boy who is referred to as the initial S Costilla. And it describes the creature that terrorized his Michigan home, okay? Now, Costilla lived in Romulus, Michigan, in a farmhouse with his mother, his uncle, and his mother's boyfriend. They raised chickens and rabbits, with farm cats roaming the crumbling old barn on the small acreage. But it was the woods that separated the house from a nearby major road, woods that kept the house and the family hidden, that marred Costilla's childhood. Now, Costilla goes on to say, We had this really strange dog creature that would hang around the property. I say dog creature because this thing was far too big and intelligent to be a stray dog. The dog, as big as a Great Dane, seemed to have the upper part of a German Shepherd and the lower part of a Doberman pincher. However, its eyes are what really bothered Costilla. He quote, he's quoted as saying it had very pronounced red eyes. I'm not saying it was a werewolf or a dogman, but it was very werewolf-like. Now, everyone who lived in the house with Castilla saw the beast. So the dog would frequently stalk the edge of the woods on our property in the day. It seemed to have no fear. My uncle would yell at it or throw things toward it, trying to scare it off, but it would simply rear up on its hind legs like a ram and charge at him for a short distance. The dog never reached Castilla's uncle or anyone else who lived in the house. However, he says that it did reach other things on the farm. So we would frequently find dead chickens or rabbits after thunderstorms. We knew it was that dog thing because it would leave huge paw prints in the mud and claw marks on the window ledges. The thing eventually turned its attention on the house. says, sometimes we would find the screens ripped out from our screen doors and windows. said, it would never outright attack us, but it did seem to enjoy taunting us and harassing us. So it's it's acting like an intelligent being. He said, the taunting became dangerous when the dog, in quotes, spoke.
0: Ah, here we go.
1: Remember. Out. Mm
0: -hmm, Right.
1: Dog's talking. I'm out. One summer night, my mom had left the window open in my bedroom to cool the room off so I could sleep. She was on her way to the bathroom and went by my room and heard me talking to someone. Stepping by the door. Well after his bedtime, she thought he was playing. She opened the bedroom door, turned on the lights, and saw the dog. When she opened the door, she saw me, and this is Castilla talking now, standing in my bed, and I had apparently wet my pajamas. I was talking towards the window. I wasn't screaming or freaking out, but seemed to be transfixed and talking in a low voice towards the window. Castilla didn't notice his mother, nor did he notice the tungsten light that suddenly poured a yellow glow through the bedroom. His focus was on what was at the window when she looked towards the window. The dog had its two front paws pushed through the screen and was looking through the window at us and making a low growl. Its eyes glared red. Castilla's mother threw the beer bottle she carried in the beast into the beast's face, startled. It backed out of the window. She slammed the window shut and closed the blinds. Because that is what keeps a hellhound out.
0: Right. Close the (laughs) blinds.
1: And a beer bottle. Yes. Says the dog's presence, however, was not gone. My mom told me that for about a week or so after that, I acted very strange. Like the way the kid acted in the movie The Shining, I would say things like, We don't want you here. Our ghosts are food. Or, God thinks you're bad. The house cats would run terrified. Creepy kids. Yeah. Said the house cats would run terrified when Costilla entered the room for, just for that time of what he calls madness. Says, but that wasn't the only thing wrong. Said, for some reason, I would take sewing needles or anything sharp I could find and prick my fingers until they would bleed then finger paint all over the walls with blood. The house also had a very strong septic tank smell to it for just a few days. Lights would burn out and pop and weird things would just happen. Two weeks after the dog tried to coax Castilla out of his room, it all stopped. My uncle was out back working on his truck when he saw the dog at the edge of the woods making its way in towards the rabbit pen. At this point, he was tired of dealing with it and went into the house to get his 22. Apparently, he fired at it and hit it in the rear. The dog turned and ran into the woods. We didn't see it anymore after that and everything cleared up. So all you got to do is shoot him, I guess.
0: Right. Well, that that would be a quick thing if I... I'm
1: I'm hoping that he went and got his 22 because that's all he had. Yeah. Because if I'm looking at what I think could be some kind of demon dog, I'm sure coming at it with more than a 22. Right.
0: No kidding. <laughs> .30-06, 12 gauge, yeah. something. So, real quick, she, that mom dealt with that creepiness from the kid for two weeks. Two weeks. Till it just stopped on its own. Sounds like it. Okay. It, if Michael were doing that for a couple days, we'd be getting a, a, a uh, priest or something out there. Adam would be like, look, I need an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. And I need a gallon of holy water. I need three bushels of sage. Can I get holy water in one of those Crystal Springs jugs? Yeah, yeah right. Right. Do you get a pressure washer for holy water? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I wouldn't put up with that for two weeks. That That's a glutton for punishment or something. So... If you try to play devil's advocate with this story,
1: just the story, you know, you can begin to start trying to poke holes in it by saying, "Okay, you you had a large canine, a wolf or something that was, you know, coming around the house that had obviously developed um, a lack of fear of humans. Right. And, you know, it, it was. The times that it would come were, were odd because you wouldn't expect to see a wolf just walk up in broad daylight. Right. Um, you know, it, it, but even other large canines, even coyote or things like that, you wouldn't expect to see them in the day. No. You knew, you really wouldn't expect them to approach a house, but maybe you would if it was rabid or diseased or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's out there by itself and it's looking for food or shelter or whatever. Um, Maybe that's what happened. Maybe you take um this boy's odd behavior, you know, as some type of um mental illness or acting out. Mm-hmm. You know, because nothing he was really doing, you know, was something that a, a child couldn't just do on their own. You know, you terrorize the cat in private and now the cat hates you. Right. And you, you come in when the cat's in there with the family, and the cats leave because they hate this kid because yep. he's been poking me with these sharp things that he's poking into his fingers. Yeah. Finger painting on the walls, whatever. Yeah, sure. You know, weird little kid. You know, he's doing odd things. Uh, and no, then he just decides he's not going to do it anymore.
0: I used to put safety pins through, you know, the epidermis layer of the skin when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, we always do that. So, I mean, that 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 is a thing. And the the septic tank smell, that's just a kid i mean (laughs) sometimes sometimes yeah
1: but what gets me about the story is that everyone in the house saw the animal and its behavior Mm -hmm. so they they weren't basing anything that was being attributed to the dog just on the child's story right they all saw this behavior and it it is strange and then For the event of the dog coming, trying to push into the window, and the mother chasing it off, throwing a beer bottle at it, Uh, and and then the odd behavior comes. All of that just really makes you stop and read the story and go, okay, you you can try to poke holes in it, but then there's things that say, look, this just doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It's not, something else was going on. Right. If it was a hellhound, Wow you know but if not there was still something really strange going on now, something maybe weird was maybe happen. a lot of strange things going on here that you know they don't have a really good explanation for mm-hmm. so this this next story we're going to talk about i hinted at earlier but this story was posted on reddit by user lazaroses
2: oh good old reddit
1: yep that's right and i don't usually like reddit stories but this one was really too good so
0: Reddit is one of those things that I you know, and you shouldn't really use it for good research or anything like that. But if you want a good laugh or yeah. if you want to be entertained, yeah, Reddit great. Reddit's a great place.
1: And and since there aren't a lot of a lot, any real documented modern day stories of hellhounds. You know, these anecdotal type stories are, are what we're dealing with. But there's a lot of anecdotal type stories out there that are based in fact, in what really happened. Now, maybe there's some inference as to the cause or, you know, what what was behind the events in the story, but it's usually a situation where it's not. Completely fictionalized. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that share things on Reddit will share things that are ridiculous and outlandish. But from time to time, you do find some that they, they have the ring of truth. Right. So that, that that was this story for me. So Lazarosis goes on to write, I'm not ever going to use any real names in my stories, so let's pretend my name is Faye. This happened about five years ago. When I was in high school, at the time, I was really close friends with a guy, and let's call him Jason. I had recently told Jason about how a lot of things happened to me that are difficult to explain. We got to talking about my different encounters, and he asked me, seemingly hesitantly, if I had ever seen a demon. I said that I didn't think anything quite so sinister had ever crossed my path. Jason then explained to me that his mom was worried that something strange was happening in their house. She said she had gotten sudden chills, heard some strange noises, and had been feeling uneasy in general in the house lately. Now, at this point, I had exactly zero experience with demons or anything of the sort, so I was not aware there was anything to really worry about. I told Jason I would come over that weekend and see if I felt anything out of the ordinary. A few nights later, my phone lit up at four in the morning. It was Jason. He says, I need to come over ASAP that something wasn't right. He said he'd been hearing scratches in the walls, and had dismissed it as just a squirrel or something, until that night when the scratches started knocking. He said he could swear it was like someone was knocking rhythmically from inside the walls. He said, I was at his house by sunrise. I was preparing myself for the worst when I got to his house. The only thing I knew about demons was that I had seen what I had seen in movies. I was ready for head spinning and projectile vomit. When I got there, it was nothing. I felt nothing. Everything seemed completely normal. I went all over the house, put my ears to the wall, even checked out the creepy basement. I felt nothing strange or sinister. I didn't want to make Jason feel like an idiot, so I just gently assured him that whatever was there was gone now, and that he didn't have anything to be afraid of. Secretly, I thought he had just over-exaggerated the whole thing. We all left the house for the day, and later that evening, I was back at his house for dinner. His parents went to bed, and we were in his living room downstairs, Nothing about talking about nothing in particular. The conversation eventually shifted naturally over to his mother's suspicions. We were talking about the scratching and knocking in the walls, and we were kind of joking around about it. You know that feeling when you're talking about something that you know you really shouldn't be talking about? The conversation just felt off suddenly. I felt wrong for talking about it, just a general feeling of uneasiness all around, and I abruptly changed the subject. I eventually headed home around 11 p.m. Jason lives pretty far out of town in a heavily wooded area. I was maybe halfway home, and suddenly, inexplicably, horrifyingly, a feeling hit me like a brick wall. This white-hot rage overcame me. It's difficult to describe. It was like I had passed through a fog and on the other side, I had come out homicidal. Something was in Jason's house and it had followed me home. I don't believe I was possessed because I remember it all. It was definitely me. I was just this cocktail of aggression. Then in the middle of the road, I saw what I first thought was a wolf. The closer I got to it, the more I realized it wasn't an animal I had ever seen before. It had all the physical traits of a dog slash wolf, but it was so much bigger. It had a, it had wild black fur and its teeth were bared. It looked simultaneously raged and enormous. It was abnormally low to the ground. And that's when I realized it was crouching. It made a dead sprint for my car and I was too close to it to slow down in time. I knew the size of this animal would likely total my car, so I braced myself for a crash. I braced and waited and opened my eyes, and it was gone. So was whatever had followed me home. So she goes on to say, I've told this story to a few of my friends, and they all agree that it sounds like the dog I had seen was a hellhound, and it was looking for whatever had followed me home and took it back to wherever it came from. So we touched on this idea that hellhounds were semi-protectors, especially the one that protects female travelers mm-hmm. at night. Um, but this idea that the hellhound is somehow reeling back in a demon that maybe went rogue and he's going to fetch it right and bring it back home um it's a very unique concept it's a very interesting concept and that's why i chose that story because it 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 paints hellhounds in a different light than what we've been talking about
0: and it's like that cerberus um tale uh, where he keeps spirits from getting back out of hades so maybe one slipped past and he was, like you said, going to fetch him again.
1: Yeah. And you know, without trying to dig deep enough to to make this a a, a religious exploration of heaven and hell and whatever, I I think the the idea based on whatever religion you are, whatever faith you have, if any of the existence or non existence of hell or an underworld or a realm of the dead, you you've got to you've got to embrace the fact that it's possible that there's an in-between here. That somewhere between heaven and hell, that there could be creatures that are not of our world and not of either place. It's what we talk about when we discuss things like the Fae mm-hmm. or Djinn or, or numerous creatures that they just aren't earthly creatures, but they're not, you know, heavenly, divine creatures and they're not hellbound. Right. They're, they're somewhere in between, and I think maybe, based on this story and based on some of the legends, that's where hellhounds fit
0: in like an interdimensional type thing, if you want to look at it in a different like a kind of a, a separate dimension from ours.
1: Yeah, kind of. and I, and I think that's why you know're we're, when we're talking about the legends from around the world. That's why they exist, you know, so commonly, those legends, because, you know, maybe in the Far East that, you know, the concept of heaven and is hell is, is different based on what theology you have. In, in the U.S., if you're whatever, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many different folks here in the U.S. with different religious backgrounds, you couldn't even begin to say, hey, this is how it is. You know, well, maybe that's not what I believe. But whatever you believe, there's there's bound to be room for creatures that we can't explain on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you get, you know, Eastern Asia hellhound legends. You get European and England Hellhound Legends and Scandinavian, and, and now we're talking about these stories coming from the United States, right, so it makes you wonder, is there something out there that is totally not of this world and not of the other, but maybe, maybe it is a wrangler for you know entities that escape from hell
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, that, and that try to to you know wreak havoc across the earth. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that is what they do. Maybe they do in some fashion guard portals to other realms or to hell itself.
0: Right. And I I do, you know, the more we do this research, the more I do believe that there are, there always have been, and there always will be things out there that we can't put a pin in and say, this is what it is. This is where it comes from but they've always been around and maybe it's maybe it's different entities maybe it's the same type of entity that just manifests in different ways depending on the culture the 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 century the whatever but there's always some entity out there that we're not going to understand and we get glimpses of it like these hellhound things You know, maybe we get glimpses of it when it's doing its job. Mm -hmm. It's just performing its task, and we run into it, and then we build legends based on the little glimpses of interactions that we've had with it because we don't understand it.
1: Exactly. So it wouldn't be Graveyard Tales if we didn't have a little bit of a Graveyard Tales tutorial Mm -hmm. on what to do if you encounter a hellhound.
0: Always, there's always a gytpsa. That's
2: right.
1: <laughs> Hashtag
0: so, gytpsa.
1: So let's just say it's it's better to just never have an encounter with with a ghost dog, or a hellhound, or or anything of this type. But in case you do, um, there are some things that you can do to maybe protect yourself. I I don't believe that you're going to fight it. Either it don't want to fight you, and if, if you push it hard enough, it's just going to kill you. Yeah. So fighting is not a way to go, <laughs> but there are ways to ward off these malevolent beings. But the instructions are kind of vague, so bear with me here. Now, in regions that are dominated by the Christian faith, it is said that simply wearing a cross or having a picture of a saint would be enough to keep the black dog away okay now other superstitions involve carrying a coffin nail sprinkling fresh water on the ground behind you as you walk or keeping a pair of iron scissors with you
0: i don't have enough water
1: well i i and can i can only obtain um one of the three i can get fresh water mm-hmm. can i get enough to sprinkle it behind me everywhere i go I don't know. And do I really want to carry a watering can behind me Spring.
0: Right, it? right. But
1: I don't know where you pick up a coffin now. I got a guy. Oh, you, oh okay. <laughs> well, does he have some iron scissors that I can tote
0: around? He may. <laughs> he may. I can ask.
1: I mean, I got to think. They don't make iron scissors anymore. No. <laughs> I'm sure they probably did a long time ago. Uh, you may have to visit your local museum. Um but in addition, it's also said that you should avoid crossroads, moving bodies of water such as rivers and streams, woods, or long stretches of field.
0: Well, if i got to get fresh water to sprinkle behind me, how am I going to avoid a river or stream? Well,
1: that's right. But imagine if you're in 16th century England. You can't go anywhere. Right. You, you have to avoid woods and crossroads and long stretches of field and bodies of water. That's it. Yeah,
0: but that, carry water with you. That pretty
1: much covers everything. Yeah, you know you can walk through the desert,
0: yeah. and and In you'll England, be you'll
1: be okay. The it, big again, English desert. The the English deserts are full of bison and buffalo.
0: Right, <laughs> <laughs> shepherded by Bill and Jeff.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so those are just some. Some tips from, from Matt and Adam
0: on how to protect yourself from a hellhound. So basically what we're saying is good luck. Yeah. Um, Avoid at all costs. Yeah. Have a have a big water hose behind you that's just dripping water as that's you right.
1: go. You know what, though? If I see a hellhound, there's going to be some water dripping yeah, but behind it's, me. It's not going <laughs> to be fresh that's water. It's not going to be
2: fresh water. That's the problem. True.
1: True. But, uh. But, you know, if nothing else, you know, this was a fun topic. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed hearing some of these legends, and and they're great. And and even if we're not trying to convince anybody that hellhounds are real, we're just trying to, you know, give you some of these stories and, you know, let you decide for yourself like we always do. But the the legends are fun, and things like this are really, really interesting. And to see how far they've come from, uh, you know— a legend from fifteen seventy seven in England to a story from two thousand seven right. with a photograph of something that shouldn't have been there,
0: right, and on a semi related note, it's kind of creepy. We've been talking about hellhounds for a while, and it started to thunder it and just, storm and everything it did. It outside just started so thundering. hey graveyard, you know um so let us know what you guys think do do you believe that hellhounds exist uh do you think they used to exist and they don't anymore? Uh, do you think that the picture that we're talking about is the only English buffalo out there? You know, it, the lone it, buffalo, the lone buffalo. Um, and if it, it, if you've never seen that YouTube clip, "Man on a Buffalo," go check that out. <laughs> um, so is I'm it? I'm betting he wasn't in England. No, probably not. <laughs> um, but let us know what you think. Hit us up Facebook, Twitter email, whatever, shoot us a message, let us know what you think. Have you heard any other uh, hellhound legends or sightings? Have you had your own? Let us know. We're always, always interested in that stuff. Absolutely. And
1: while you're researching hellhounds, stop by our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com, and there you will be able to listen to the show. You can find out more about Adam and myself. Uh, you can find links to buy Graveyard Tales merchandise, and you can become a patron. And we always thank everyone who has donated uh, their hard-earned money to the show.
0: Oh, absolutely. It
1: it keeps us putting it out, and it keeps it free, and we thank you for it. Yes. Um, please, please go rate and review us on iTunes. As I always say, it gets us up the charts, and it brings more people to the graveyard. It's how so, we
0: keep doing what we keep doing.
1: Exactly. So until next time. We'll save you a seat in the
0: graveyard. See you soon.